It's recording the post show, <laughs> the show that comes after the show, and it's me and Chris here, and we're doing the post show where we talk about something that doesn't relate to the show and is something entirely different. Hello, Chris. And we could just be uh, winging it. Who knows? Yeah, winging yeah. it. We are yeah. pretending. I mean, we we definitely came prepared. I mean, we're professionals. Yeah, right? well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, we've been we've been doing this two months or three months. We definitely know what we're doing. But yeah, it's the post show. It's we have no topic with the exception of conversation. That might have happened earlier on in the day that we'll, that we'll pick. And today's... I mean, this, this whole uh, recording was kind of just off the cuff because uh, that last minute sickness kind of... Oh, yeah. For those who don't know, we, well, if you, I mean, it'd be weird if you listen to the post show before you listen to the real show. And if you're listening to the post show without listening to the other show, I'm going to say, go listen to the other show. The one that me and Chris actually put some effort into. We put no effort into this show. But yeah, it, that or one Or don't. We're not your boss. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we have no power or control over what you do whatsoever. Uh, but Chris, when we were kind of... Before we were recording or got into recording the last show, today's show, the pre-show, or the real show, because this is the post-show, we were... You brought up this Steam thing that I have never heard about before. Uh, yeah, so it's called Steam Next Fest. Um, they do... I think they do a few a year, actually. And it's just a way for um, developers to showcase games that they've been working on. And there's a lot of like broadcasts and Q and A's and like uh, streams and more specifically just demos, hundreds and hundreds of demos. And it's, it's almost like, cause I like the idea of the, the next fest cause it gives these developers a platform, but like you scroll through all the games that are featured. And I think this time around there was just under 900 Jesus. Like, yeah, like, how is anyone going to stand out amongst all this, right? So you kind of rely on, like, the big streamers to see what's popular on Twitch. To find something. But, like, like how on earth do you go through... You know, because I love the idea that there's a thing out there for developers to put their games into. But, I don't know, with 900, does it not seem like it's counterintuitive to put your game into that? Because you're just going to get lost in the mud. Because... Yes. Listen, developing a game is not easy, and I commend anybody who goes out to develop a game, and I'm not one to... to I, I can't go and criticize people who make games because I haven't made a game, but bad games exist. Or, you know, samey kind of games exist. Games that are not really thought-provoking or interesting exist, but you as a developer are still trying to sell that. And if you throw it into something like the Steam Fest, you are 100% getting lost in the ocean. Yeah, of- yeah. So this is where you kind of, I mean... You always are going to have to depend on marketing and stuff. But even if you can get the odd, like, positive review here and there to build some traction and get into the uh, the Steam Showcase algorithm. So, like, even after the Steam Fest is over, if you got noticed a bit and people are, like, reviewing your game, then you might make it to, like, the front page somewhere or in the slides or related content to other games you like or that a specific your target audience likes. So that is pretty important, especially because that's just steam in a nutshell. There's Mm -hmm. so many games that just get dropped regularly and they're not all like even complete games. Like a lot of people put up their, their betas and stuff and their student projects from university. And that's so you can find a super incomplete game and like, they're still charging like 
20 bucks. And that's that. allowed because that's the yeah. interesting thing because obviously, obviously if you're getting onto the PlayStation Store, if you're getting onto Xbox Store or Xbox Games Pass, if you're getting onto the Nintendo Store, you're not getting on there unless your game has passed a couple of tests. And yep. is, so it's interesting that Steam lets on pretty much just about anything. Yep, it's it's the Wild West. <laughs> games, yeah. Right. How do you find anything? So would you compare, I mean, it's vastly superior in terms of numbers. Would you compare it at all to the likes of State of Plays, Nintendo Directs, those kind of things? No, no, it's definitely totally, not. It's this a different is, of fish. This isn't, I mean, Steam does events like this all the time. Like next month, there probably could be like a base building celebration or just like a roguelike features. Mm-hmm. And they just like every month they have something new. And do you think, because Steam's great because obviously if you, are making a project and it's not that big you're by yourself you're not a significant studio you can get your game out there um do you think the likes of and we're kind of going back a little bit because it hasn't really happened now since since covid came in and stopped the live shows but the likes of e3 do you think steam suffers from not having those kind of live shows those real sort of interactive because it's kind of a massive monster in itself really isn't it and it doesn't um i i don't think it does I think there um, a lot of those games that get featured usually make it on a PC anyways and mm-hmm. some sort. So they still like PC gaming does get its features through that. And games that are solely PC, which aren't, I guess there is a good amount of them. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think PC gamers are just built different. They don't look for... Quality. These these <laughs> <laughs> they, they I got them, ladies and gentlemen. Look, I got them. They don't look for these events or these showcases, right? They just do the research and we're just like best. Uh, I don't know this. That is like this game. Give me some hits, and they'll Steam and then they'll it. add it to the wish list. Wait for it to go on sale. And then... Steam is funny because I'm not a PC gamer, but I recently purchased. Um, well, I purchased it a while back, but I recently downloaded it and actually spent a bit of time navigating on Steam after I downloaded it. But it was um, Total War Three Kingdoms. Identities. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, big fan of like the Three Kingdoms history. Love the Dynasty Warriors games. Went to see um, Red Cliff, which is a movie based on that time and everything. So I loved it. But I did find that it's one of those things whereby, and I'm not a PC gamer. I have a laptop. I've never been into PC games. But Steam is like, you know, I, I turn on the PlayStation Store and I don't know if it's just a user interface thing or just because the library in Steam is so big. But I've been on Steam sometimes and I'm like, this is actually is a little bit intimidating and... I'm going to log off and play whatever games I already have because there's so much. There, There is a lot to take in. And honestly, that kind of just comes with time. Like the more games you play, the more achievements you get, uh, the more games you buy. Just the hours you put into Steam, they'll start tailoring the algorithm for what they think you're interested in. And then, and then you're, yeah. then they have you hook, line, and sinker. And you can, can you like, you can download mods through through Steam and stuff like that as well. Yeah, directly. The whole mods thing there through, as well. It, it depends on the game and i mean it's up to the discretion of the developers if they want to release stuff like that or like patch that kind of stuff into their game uh it's called the steam workshop so like uh slay the spire factorio uh risk of rain like a lot of these games just make it easy so you can just one click install through steam all these mods but then you also have companies like uh squeenix like they're not releasing any sort of like auto modder for their Final Fantasies. That's all under the yeah. So that that's something you would have to do under yeah. the hood of your own PC. Yeah, 
Nice. Okay. And question for you, because we, you know, we we're talking about like that Steam thing versus the likes of the live shows. Have you ever had any interest in going to like an E3 or one of those big live shows? Because we live here in Ireland and we don't have any of that. That doesn't exist here. But you, growing up in Canada, you you would have been quite close to the likes of some of the shows, some of the big gaming yeah, shows. Yeah, actually, that would have happened. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. There's a game. It's an MMO. It's called Warframe. It, I know, I know the game. Yeah, yeah it, I haven't played it, but I know it. It's uh, made where I'm from, London, Ontario, and uh, we used to have a yearly con right there in the city, so it was kind of a big deal. I never went, never really played the game, didn't really care that much. I, I was expecting, <laughs> I was expecting this thing to be like, yeah, and I went, and I was, you know, but yeah, it was like, yeah, no, no, never, no, no, never had interest, never no, played no, the no, game. Just, <laughs> so that was cool. That was close by, but yeah, I don't think we get like the big hit. Yeah, maybe Toronto, we would have probably gotten. Because the only thing we had events. here, we've got like the the RDS is the venue, and every year there is like the gaming con, which is kind of a mix of everything: video games, comic book stuff, superhero stuff, cosplay, all that kind of stuff exists there. But it's definitely like it is on a very small scale, and none of it is like you know. I always see the like the videos that people put together when they go to the the San Francisco Comic Con, and like the cosplay is out of this world. Yeah, it's cool. You've got like the biggest streamers go there, whatever else. In Ireland, we don't. That's doesn't exist so you go there and it's kind of like you know and it's great because it's stalls of stalls of people with their their small little video games or whatever else but for me I've, i was recently watching um because me and craig were talking about one of the episodes that we want to do when the podcast is this big thing for final fantasy like it go through a whole final fantasy thing and it got me watching kind of when they made a big announcement about final fantasy at e3 in god i don't know it might have been 2015 but it was just to say that the Final Fantasy 7 was coming to PS3, but everyone expected it to be the Final Fantasy 7 remake. And watching that live with the audience there at the show, like full live audience, and the guys are coming out for, for Squenix, and they're like, oh, here it is, Final Fantasy 7, the thing you've been waiting for. And everyone's like, holy crap, they've remade the game, this is great. And then they announced that it's coming for PS3, and there's a couple of boos, and people are disappointed. And I'm like, man, I, I kind of like to be it. Because what's interesting is, I know in the States it's big, that if you go to the cinema for big films, like when Marvel was kind of really taking over the world and Endgame was coming out and I saw loads of clips of people whooping and cheering uh, during Endgame and I went to see Endgame here in Ireland the day it came out and I went to an audience with a screening that had a couple of people like the odd like whoop and cheer for certain things and I was like I could I could get into this like you know I, would, <laughs> I don't want too much of this but I could get into this and I think I'd love to go to a show like that like especially something because years later than at E3 those same guys came out and they announced the actual Final Fantasy VII Remake. And if you were a fan, people there were losing their minds. And I'd love to be to be there for what would be considered a piece of video game in history. Like, I was there the moment that they announced, and I was one of the first people to see this trailer of this game. And it's a pity because COVID's kind of killed a lot of that. I don't know if that stuff will ever be the way that it was, because PlayStation has well, stayed a place. Yeah, well, for those big events, I'm not sure. I mean, we're getting the v VGAs still. I'm never going to get a ticket to the VG the VGAs. I don't think we're, we'd ever get a ticket to E3, anyways. Like, you don't those think are so? Reserved for content. Well, I don't know. Well, content, <laughs> look, look at us now, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, E3 or the Video Game yeah, Awards, yeah. we would like our tickets for next year, please. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. I still don't even know if I want to go. Wouldn't be your thing. Nah, I don't think so. Maybe. Even, even Maybe. if it was free, what if I what if I came to you and said, oh, "Hey, free, absolutely." Oh, all yeah, right, okay. Yeah. So you're just but like I remember, like I've been to comic cons before, and I remember paying like uh, ten bucks for like a selfie with Peter Mayhew, and I'm just like, 
Really? Yeah. Like 10 bucks? Yeah. Are you kidding me? So I don't think I'd be interested in, in the getting stuff signed. I, I, like, I'd like to be in there for the Q&As with people uh, that I don't have to pay for because I bought the ticket already. And then those announcements, we go in for the screenings of certain trailers and certain That'd be pretty dope. That'd be dope. And to be able to, and I guess, you know, if you were a video game journalist and that was your bread and butter, that's a pretty exciting thing to be in amongst the first people to see this and to go mm-hmm. back home and to write about it would be pretty pretty exciting, you know? I'd like to yeah. say, hey, look, we could go to a show and come back and be the first to talk about it on the Gifted Gaming podcast, but I'm, I'm not nearly good enough or, or, yeah. or, or valuable enough to the video gaming industry to, to be doing that. But that's, <laughs> that's a cool thought. It's one of those things as a kid growing up, I'm like, that'd be a cool job. And it would be a cool job, you know, if you're that into video games. All this being said, I'd much rather go to video game competitions Yes, like still yes. Some, like one of my favorite video game, like historical video game moments is the Dago parry and to be in the room when he pulled that off. So for our listeners who don't know what that is, Chris. It's uh, an old, like this was at Evo way back when. I can't remember. Um, but there was this player uh, named Dago. Dago? Anyways, his back was up, up against the wall. What game was this that they were it playing? It was Street Fighter... Two Alpha, I okay. think Alpha Two. Can't remember exactly, but it was Ken and Chun Li, and he's playing Ken, and he had just a sliver of health left, like to the point where even blocking was going to kill him. An attack was going to kill him, and Chun Li bust out her ultimate combo. But there was another mechanic in the game called the parry, where is if you, it's almost like inputting in a doken for each attack, and he did a parry for each one of her attacks during her combo. And that meant he took no health whatsoever. And even like he nailed the jumping in the air and still doing the parry in the air and then came back with his ultimate and just crushed her. And the whole room erupted. One of the greatest gaming moments. If oh, you man. haven't heard of it or seen it, just Google or YouTube, uh, Daigo Perry, D-A-I-G-O. You it will not work. be And there's something so exciting about being in the rooms because the only one uh, video game competition that I've ever been to was a Smash Bros. competition a couple of years ago. And they, what was quite interesting was they were a big community that already played Smash loads anyway. And it was down like the back page where, where we often uh, still go now. And they uh, even got in touch with these two brothers up in Belfast. You know, it was just, just two brothers, you know. And they, <laughs> they, brothers. they asked them, would they come down for this one on Dublin? So these guys said, we're doing the, we're doing the ring in, in Ireland, obviously, like really good players. But they played as Fox and Falco. So we're talking, it's, it's proper Smash Brothers competitive. So it's GameCube, it's Smash Bros. Melee. And Which is still going strong to this day. Yeah. Yeah, but... What was really fun for me, what was really fun was I decided to enter that as Luigi is my character, who in Melee, and then who in any of the Smash Brothers games is poor. But uh, what was really cool was I, I won a couple of rounds, and I think my claim to fame as a gamer was going up to the bar to get a drink that night later on. And someone was like, do you know that someone's gotten to the quarterfinals as a Luigi? And I was there getting my pint, being like, yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's me, bro. No, I got wrecked. I got wrecked in the end. But what was really cool was that the, there was the two brothers. The older one, I think, played as Fox. The younger one played as Falco. And the guy who played as Fox was always winning. And this is what we were being told because we didn't know these guys. We'd never heard about these two brothers. And the younger brother in the very first match lost. So he had to go through the loser's bracket to get himself back back up. up. And he got himself right back up to the final. And it was him versus him and Falco. And this is the first time I've ever seen, because I wasn't really watching too many YouTube videos of Smash Bros. at the time. And I think we didn't play it as much as we play it now. But what I watched in that final was 
insane like a fox and a falco powering each other down at the bottom of the level like you know like edge guarding and the whole pub because just we knew shining everywhere yes dashing like i can't i i tuck in every now and then when it's on twitch and i'm just like i can't make sense of what what's going on <laughs> and what was so nice about it was that everybody at this stage we, we we were we were brought up to date about what the story was with these two brothers and that the guy who played as fox was was a champion in whatever competitions were held in ireland so everyone was up for the younger brother who played as falco so the whole pub for their last fight was everyone was going let's go falco you know like a proper little <laughs> proper little so football chant and we were all into it and it was one of the most fantastic like, i'll never forget like looking back like seeing some of the parries and combos that were happening and like the edge guarding and knocking people off the stage i was turning around to like you know, the guys like, you know, Craig and Andy and stuff like that being like, and my face must have said it all because I was like, I thought I was good at Smash Bros. at that time, but I was watching this seeing a new level of that game. But being there in that moment for that was, was class Pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, Chris, that's been the post show today. We probably should have just done competitive gaming. That would have been a much better, uh, <laughs> much better topic. <laughs> but yeah, that's been the post show. Um, I think uh post show we're dropping for the for a minute on our on our normal uh spotify programming we'll put it in after the the normal show and then uh we'll see how it goes after that but if you've enjoyed the post show email us at the gift of gaming podcast at gmail.com and let us know you've enjoyed the post show it's the only plug i have chris because i'm too lazy to find any other plugs but yeah this has been the post show guys thanks very much and we'll tune in next time until then keep enjoying the gift that is gaming chris thanks very much thank you